It's life on life's terms. All right, everybody, we're back. The Life on Life's Terms podcast, and I'm Tom Robinson, and I'm an addict, alcoholic, in recovery, grateful. Um, and like I always say, we're not affiliated with any 12-step program, although we do endorse them, we do love them, we are grateful for them. Yes, we are. Sorry about last Oops. week, everybody. We had a very, very last-minute cancellation. There was nothing to be done. Uh, we tried. Yeah, but we couldn't get. Yeah, we tried. Couldn't get anybody to come on. Um, I am Chris Mandeville. I'm a recovering or recovered heroin addict. Recovered um, from a hopeless state of mind and body. Yes. <laughs> okay. I am not cured. Um, we are at a New Way Recovery Center in Quincy, Mass. On Quincy Ave. If you are in the Quincy area and you're looking for resources, there's lots of them here. Great there's, people over here too. There's lots of meetings here as well. Um, if you find the page on Facebook, they usually post them the day before uh, what's what's going on. Uh, they have them all day, they, and they're all different types of meetings. It's not just um, 12-step fellowship stuff. It's, you know, there's a lot of different things. Um, and they let us use this space, so we're very grateful for them. Yes, we are. Um, and Thank you, New Way. So tonight we have Mark, who... Um, is the director of South Shore Peer Recovery in Situate. Um, we asked him, we had a couple other guests from there uh, a few weeks ago, and they they did great, and we had to make some adjustments and get Mark on. You were actually supposed to be on that night. I was. Um, but we had uh, Don and Jane, mm-hmm. which they worked yeah. well together. Yeah, was, they worked well. Yeah, it was a good, was good podcast. So we're going to turn it over to him and... Uh, let him share his experience, strength, and hope with us. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm really happy to be here tonight. I'm glad that we could make this work out. Thanks um, for coming, Mark. Yeah, I'm very excited. Ran into a little scheduling issue two yeah. weeks ago. It's all um, good. It happens. That's why it's called Life on Life's Yeah, terms. that's what that's it, it is, right? <laughs> uh, I was a little well. stressed out. I didn't want to leave Chris hanging and stuff, right. but um, it worked out perfect. Yes, it did. Um, do you want me to just go into a little bit about my story? or? Yeah, sure. You can Yeah, talk about you know how... How you ended up where you are now, you know, what was the catalyst? Yep. So, um, like Chris mentioned, uh, I'm an individual in long-term recovery myself. Um, You know, I grew up in Boston my whole life, West Roxbury. I had a great upbringing. You know, there was addiction in my family, but um, it didn't really affect me at a young age. Um, So, so basically, you didn't lack for anything as a kid? No, not at all. Not at all. So, you know, I, to me, really... You know, I, I couldn't ask for better parents. Um, family is the most important thing in my life. Mm. You know, I was really raised, um, you know, strong family morals. Mom calls you go. Dad calls you go. Yep, yep. So do you think that uh, you think these started uh, just for fun, as as fun or, or you know? Yeah, I, so I, uh, I grew up in an Irish neighborhood in Boston, and uh, <laughs> yeah, right. the same yeah. neighborhood my parents grew up in. I lived in the house that my uh, my father grew up in. Um, I lived right around the corner from the local basketball courts, and uh, okay. had, you know, teenage drinking and smoking marijuana. Um, Peer pressure. Yeah, it was a pretty normal thing. You know, I went down yeah, yeah. around the corner to hang out 
play some basketball. That's where the older kids congregated. And, mm. uh, you know, it was probably a joke to them at first to get the little kid high, right? Yeah, yeah. right. And I wanted to fit in exactly. with everyone else back then. Uh, what I thought was cool really wasn't that cool. You ever <laughs> but, get a dog high on weed? And they were just I, like, I have. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I have. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Dogs, cats. Oh, yeah. I had a fish tank that my buddy threw a butt in. Yeah. And, <laughs> dude, <laughs> the fish, like, it was... It was a freshwater tank, so it had like this little. They called it a shark, but it was kind of like a a black goldfish with a long fin on it. Yeah, mm. and the thing had eaten the weed, and it would like swim up to the top, and then just like eh, fall like backwards Whoa. down to the bottom, <laughs> then swim up. Wow! And <laughs> <laughs> wow! And someone was like, "Hey, if you bring it back to the pet store, they'll give you another one." <laughs> so I took it out and put it in a bag. And yeah, I ended up putting idea. it in my pocket because oh, we were going to go Goodbye get to the fish. Yeah, we were going to go to the to the pet store and get to get another fish. And then I got high and forgot all about the <laughs> fucking fish. And like hours oh, later, God. hours later, I was like, I got a fish I, in my pocket. I'm high as shit. And I'm like, want to see my pet fish? <laughs> 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 the scales are falling off of it. Yeah. It was like, oh, it you was need to make gross. an amends to that fish. Right yeah, there. yeah. So back. <laughs> Back to you growing up at West Rock Ferry. Um, yeah, Dead so fish. I, you know, I think I, I, I just drank at a young age. I smoked marijuana at a young age. Yeah. Um, and, and it was pretty common, and pretty much everyone mm. my age did. Um, like 12, 13. Or yeah, yeah. 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 But I, I'd say, honestly, a turning point in my life was uh, when I was 16 years old and thought I was really new knew everything about the world right yeah, um, yeah. i thought i had it figured out and uh right. one of my very close friends committed suicide um oh. and i you know I, I thought i was a grown-up i thought i was a man i thought i figured things out and i really had no idea enter trauma yep how to deal with life yeah. or really how to deal with death um yeah. and i, I pretty much honestly turned out i probably became suicidally depressed myself yeah. but having seen the effects of suicide um you know, I bottled it all up, and I and I drank to deal with it. Oh, so your friend committed suicide? Yes, oh. and and it's, you know, everyone talks about underlying causes and conditions. Mm-hmm. That's what we have to get to. And like, the more I read, and the more I research, and the more I look into things, it's this is a trauma thing. Oh yeah, it, it's all it's all based on trauma. Something happened, and it doesn't have to be anything major. Mm-hmm. It right. could be it could be as small as you know, someone doesn't pick you up when they're supposed to. You know what I mean? The sound's no good. Can you hear me? Oh, uh, it sounds bad. What's going on? Too high? Too much sound? Loud? Here, hold on. I'll go out there and listen. And we'll make adjustments. Um, it may be too loud. I don't know if it's on Facebook or YouTube. Really high. It's like robotic. Um, on YouTube? Uh, no, uh, on, on Facebook. Facebook. So let's life on right. life's terms. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know why that is, but look at the um. See, we're not maxing out down there. Doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it doesn't sound good at all. It sounds like really crackly and high. Huh? Um, maybe turn down the volume of the input number four. Cause that's where we. Uh... Oh, wait a minute. Well, this is it right here. Okay. Uh, I don't know. Let's see. 
I don't think I can change anything from here as we're live, you know. Right. See, um, Let's see. I, I wonder how the sound is now because I just turned it down. Um, is it sounding Sound any? better? Better? No, not good. No. Um, Isn't that strange? Let's see. Picture in picture, no. You don't want that. So, so Chris. Yeah. Take that down a notch, the bottom one, uh, that knob, yeah. How about now? Still no good. Yeah, I wonder. This is a bummer. Are we... Does anyone else is anyone else out there getting bad sound? Let's see. Yeah, because all the lights are uh, correctly colored; they're not red. <laughs> yeah, and uh, now it's not even showing up on our on our lights. On that. Yo. Yep, yours is. Hello, uh, Bailey. Yeah, I don't know. Let me uh, let me go see it again. Oh, the video stopped too. Okay, well, we're frozen. Technical difficulty sucks. There we go. All right, so let me see. Still really bad sound? Still bad. doesn't make any sense because see this is what i mean machines <laughs> they don't act the same yeah. every time They're yeah we were different. just having this conversation it's weird like don't you think that all the knobs they haven't changed since the last time we went live and it sounded good yeah other people are saying it sounds terrible so we might have to uh stop and start over so i can look at the um controls again all right, we'll be right back, guys. Sorry about that. Uh, yes. Bear with us, please. All, All right. right. So, so either anyway, way. yeah. Sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, so that, we're, let's a quick review. We uh, we're up to the sixteen-year-old um, suicide of a close friend. Yep. Yes. Which, um, which I was talking about, like trauma. The trauma. You know, the, tr the trauma is what. Uh, trauma. Not good again. Sounds weird. <sighs> Sounds weird. Focus right. Chris, she's saying now go. Any better? Still weird. No way. It's got to be... Uh Facebook or something. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. Um, muffled, someone said. I can still understand you, though. Thank you, Kellyanne Manning. All right, well. Um, yeah, I don't know what's going on. Doesn't make any sense. So it's muffled. Mm. What is different on any of our stuff? No, our stuff is the same as normal. Yeah. Well, you might have to just go with it. Yeah. 
Really don't know because it's it's yeah it sounded good on the computer. Sounds great on the uh, audio uh, recording. So I turned us down on here. Focus right. All right, and we're we're uh, we're registering all good good signals. Yeah. So all right. So anyway. Yeah. Go ahead. So yeah, sixteen year old me. Um, you know, I thought I had the world figured out, and essentially one day um, I realized, you know, life was going to show up. Um, I didn't really know how to deal with it, and I pretty much turned to alcohol to deal with it. Booze. Booze, yep. All right. So I was really raised, um, you know, to, to, to really stay away from hard drugs. What it, well, what it were called hard drugs at the so time, you, you right? you were warned against. So, yes, I was warned against. My father had a lot of friends, um, you know, an extended family who were in the program and stuff. Mm. Um, you know, I was more of the friend that gave my friends a hard time if they, uh, if they went towards anything besides uh, marijuana and alcohol. Right. But um, with that, really, um, you know, I had a, a family member you know, pass away in, um, in a homicide a few months later and wow. pretty much, um, kind of all the lines that I had drawn towards like hard stuff, uh, pretty much went out the window and I just kind of yeah. turned to anything and, and everything to get out of myself. Yeah. Like, li- to get rid of those feelings. Mm-hmm. Lines can be tough. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a habitual line stepper. Myself. Oh yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> habitual line stepper. Yes. So am I. Um, so now, well, who was who was it in your family? Uh, it was my dad's cousin, um, but I'm from a really close knit family. You know, it was, mm. it was pretty much like an uncle to me. Yeah, right. Mm. And did they, anything ever happen? Anything come about? Um, no, it was actually Thanksgiving week. Um, it went unsolved for a very long time. Um, it finally, you know, like a year or two went by, and they finally figured some things out, and. Um, but it got classified as kind of a self-defense thing, and uh, no one was ever really held accountable. So uh, so now you started with the hardest stuff. Yep. So I pretty much turned to um, whatever got put in front of me. I mean, at the time, it was really... Um, I was starting to get into, like, club drugs, cocaine, mm-hmm. ecstasy. Um, but I... Uh, I mean, alcohol was still, at the time, my primary... Um, thing that I turned to to really um, get out of numb myself out yep. yeah yeah I uh, that's when I really started going down too when I when I um, had to I had to f- stuff feelings with it and they just kept coming back up so I would just use mm-hmm. and use and use um, it's a recipe for disaster oh yeah oh yeah time, you know um so what what age is this now? Is this still sixteen? So yeah, you know, I carried on through high school. I acted out a lot. Um, I got in, uh, you know, I got violent as a teenager and stuff like that. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Um, all looking back, you know, t- it's funny when I entered treatment this time, right? I looked back and I thought alcohol like wasn't an issue in my life, you know, because as really well as you know, opioids entered my life. Everything uh, came second to that, right? So yeah. for the last, you know, seven years of my life, I, I barely even drank because essentially every penny I had went to an opioid painkiller. Right. That's the way I was too, yeah. So, you know, I convinced myself somewhere along the line that 
oh, alcohol is not really an issue, you know. But when I really started to work a program and reflect, so much any of the trouble that I got in as a teenager, um, any of the chaos that was in my life was pretty much all alcohol fueled, you know. Mm. Um, yeah. And because of like alcohol abuse, it's a, it's a it's a it's like setting yourself on fire, man, and it's like a temporary um, thing. Like if if trauma happens and you were to learn how to deal with the feelings it's it's somewhat temporary i mean it, it, you're never completely the same mm-hmm. but it the 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 horrible the worst of the pain is temporary mm-hmm. and and instead of just learning and going through it and and growing we set ourselves on fire it's like oh, yeah. we just we don't realize what we're doing but uh it's it's a it's a trap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so now, what um did you end up going into any college or? Yeah. So fast forward, right? I I graduated uh, from Boston Latin School. Um, I went on to Assumption College in Worcester. But you're you're doing so I'm ecstasy still, yeah, and all I'm this partying, shit. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, so back then, I you know nothing was red flaggy to me, you know right. my ignorant self back then, right? right. But um, I enter college, and uh, I my roommate was heavily into um, opioid painkillers, and mm. I, I still kind of uh, shied away from it, right? I, essentially, you know, I, I grew up with a lot of older kids, and uh, right. oxycotton hit, and essentially I saw what happened. Yeah. Um, and pretty much, you know, I had like a, a healthy fear at the time of it. So um, I right. still strayed away from it. But uh, when I was a freshman in college, had my wisdom teeth pulled, had some uh. um, a prescription. <laughs> my friend told me that I should try and uh, not use them all, use Motrin 800 so that I could save some for afterwards, right? That it would be cool to take it with alcohol that would amplify the effects. And uh, I did that. And I, I say at the time, right? Um, that was like I just the the veal of fear of drugs essentially went out the window, right? Because here yeah. I was taking an opioid painkiller and my life didn't end, you right. know. So right. it didn't have like a drastic effect. Yeah. So it's kind of like, oh, what's all this fear and, and craziness that everyone's talking about that's related to this stuff, you know? Right. Um, and and honestly, that small little decision, that small prescription, has forever changed my life oh, right your life you know yeah. absolutely it's like they say about certain things the worst thing you can happen is if you don't get caught yep you know mm-hmm. oh yeah so next time you know yeah right um so, so yeah this uh fast this, forward you're gonna scream and have it yeah, yeah. this sound thing's got me all <laughs> all over the place Plus trying it. to figure it it's out all good um, um yeah. so yeah you know that progressed right um my roommate had easy i think i oh no I yep. came back in. Yeah, uh, my oh, roommate yeah. had ease of access to it. Um, you know, I, I, I pretty rapidly developed a habit. Um, you know, but it's funny at this time in my life, right? I was at college in Worcester, but um, a lot of my friends didn't go to college, so mm. I didn't want to go to college. Right? You know, I was looking oh, like yeah. like I wanted to. I'm be, gonna miss out. Yeah, I wanted to be like the townie and, and not go to college. You know, I, I thought my life would just be like, oh, you know, cop- my dad had a carpentry company that I would I would just work in the field and stuff. Right. Um, 
So when I went to school, I felt out of place because I had these lifelong friends and everything that I, you know were partying every weekend back home. So I was felt out of place at school. I was coming home every weekend, um, but then at this time, you know, uh, the disease of addiction did start to affect my family. Uh, my yeah. father was an alcoholic, and so you know while I was in college and summer breaks and stuff my home life started to not be so much home anymore either, you know? So mm. I, I really felt emotionally uncomfortable everywhere I was, right? Yeah, right. And uh, I slowly discovered that opioid painkillers essentially flatlined my emotions, right? Right. So anxiety, depression, um, fear of the unknown, uh, lack of confidence, all of that went out the window when I uh, used an opioid painkiller, you yes, you, it it takes everything away. Like yep. it just makes everything comfortable, everything bearable. Mm -hmm. um, you just forget about everything that bothers you. Yes, you know mm -hmm. well, that's the and thing. You know you don't like you don't like what's going on. So instead of actually trying to change anything, mm -hmm. you just take a pill. Yeah, it's the, yeah, I mean that's the trick of the brain, though, too, yeah. right? It's it's the ultimate coping mechanism. So, um, right. you know, I, I, I pro you know, I could take some deep breaths to calm anxiety, but once it's got its hooks in me, right, my brain consciously or unconsciously is like, why do we go through these, why should we go through these steps that might work right. when I know the ultimate when, when, numbing when we agent, know exactly when we know work. what the, the pure, um, what the pure coping mechanism is, right? Because so that's what, what painkillers were for me was essentially the ultimate painkiller, right? It killed pain, emotional yes. pain emotional in my pain. life. Yes. yes. Yeah. Gets it gets rid of everything and dissatisfaction. Mm -hmm. it, it doesn't matter like no no matter what you're going through, fear, anger, whatever, it's just mm -hmm. like whoosh, gone. See yeah. you later. Mm -hmm. You know, if someone someone at until, until it doesn't. Until yeah, it doesn't. Until yes. it doesn't. Right, until those those feelings like boil and and, and like push through everything like right. it got to the point for myself that it didn't matter how much stuff i did anymore mm -hmm. you know it just everything just kept bubbling to the surface exactly and, you know i couldn't i couldn't keep it keep it down anymore you could pretend like you like like you weren't feeling any any bad feelings for about 15 yep. minutes right after you get high and then all of a sudden you're like well mm -hmm. this sucks yeah, oh, yeah. exactly <laughs> mm -hmm. you know and, and that's the thing with the um with the fentanyl now too because it's, it's like such a short acting thing that yep. people have to get high more and more you know oh really yeah it doesn't like the the, the lasting effect of the high is mm -hmm. way shorter no shit yeah so that's why people are injecting more and more and that's why they're putting it in everything yeah it that, that blows my mind i know you know yeah, the, the, yeah it's a skip you know we have we have guys that participate at Social Peer Recovery who are not opioid users right. and have overdosed on fentanyl using cocaine. You yeah. Know? And yeah. Crazy. And so. That's crazy. So you just talked about Social Peer Recovery. Yep. So now you go through all your addiction stuff mm -hmm. and you move on through your life and yep. end up getting... Well, so hold on. Don't want to okay. fast forward too all much, right? right. So, yeah. uh, so life was... Uh, kind of out of control um you know i i graduated college i got a job in, in investment banking in downtown boston you know i showed up to work in a suit and a tie um dressed up every day and uh mm. fully addicted to painkillers right wow. and uh yeah 
I laugh, you know, to myself now because I'd be walking with coworkers and stuff in downtown crossing and they'd be, you know, making comments about the junkies on the corner asking for change um, or, you know, these bums and all this stuff. When realistically I was the full blown addicted individual, right? Walking down the street in a suit. And I think that's, uh, just hadn't got to that. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that's also a big thing about today, uh, about the crisis that we have, um, about what's really going on is that it's everywhere, right? I've worked in treatment. I've seen people from every profession, right? Um, you know, everyone cites all these statistics and stuff, but this isn't like a statistical problem. Like I'm someone's brother. I'm someone's son. You know, I'm your banker. I'm your neighbor. Um, you know, people have no idea. And you and you and you go through life, and it's progressive, and mm-hmm. it gets worse. And yep. you might have been the investment banker oh, yeah. at twenty three, and you and if right. you had kept on going, you might have been the homeless bum oh, yeah. at thirty three. Yes, you know what I mean, or yep. sooner. Right. If right? that's if you survived it. Yeah, you, you know survived. what I mean. Um, so my life became this like crazy walking tightrope. Um, you know, balancing negative bank accounts and taking out loans to keep up this illusion. Um, that out everything was all good on the outside um and you know at the same time you know i moved home after college uh, my family has like a two-family house i lived in one of the apartments and um you know the disease really started to rear itself and affect my family mm. uh, meanwhile my addiction was completely uh, a secret to everybody around me my longtime girlfriend at the time my whole family um, there was so much focus on my father um Oh, yeah. You know, so my family was turning to me, right, to run interventions on my father. And essentially, yeah, little did they know. Force right? him to go to treatment. You know, I'm the oldest son. Mark, you got to sit down, tell dad he has to go to treatment. Um, little do they know that I'm going upstairs, essentially. And <laughs> so crazy. Using over the fact that I hate myself for being a hypocrite. Oh, so right? in, your, in your quiet time by yourself, you knew that. That you should be going to treatment. Oh yeah, too. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and that's just that's the self-reinforcing cycle of addiction, right? I was doing everything to keep the walls up and like keep my problems secret. Yeah. Um, but you know, then I just pile on the extra shame. I'm a liar. I'm that's a hypocrite. Right. I hate myself, so I'm going to go use over these failings I want to get right. rid of. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. And then that's I'm going to use good. drugs, but over the fact that I hate the fact that I use drugs, right? right. Like there's, there's, <laughs> this, there's this little line in one of the stories in the basic text that um, always stuck with me. It's I continued to the I continued to turn to the source of my pain for comfort, right? So I continued right. yeah. to turn to <laughs> right. to drugs yeah. for comfort when it was really the source of so much pain in my life. Right. Well, it know? makes you it makes you yes. a liar from the beginning because you can't tell your parents as mm-hmm. a kid that you're drinking and using drugs. Yes. Yeah, you have to lie, right? Mm-hmm. Right. And away. then and then it, it indoctrinates you into that identity. Yep. I'm a liar. That's yep. what I do. And so um you know, my my dad's um struggles really had an effect on me. Um you know, I got a preface by saying, though, that my dad is like my hero, uh, the most important person in my life. Today? Yes, for always. Fantastic. You know, even, no, well, so my father passed away five years ago. Oh, so my father, though, was the everything I am today uh, as a man, I credit to the, the amazing father that I had. Right. right so right. Um, despite all his struggles, 
you know, I struggled a lot with, you know, I, the self-centeredness of the disease, right? So I'm like, right. I was a bad kid, so my dad drinks. Yeah. I didn't tell him I love him. I, I became obsessed over this time where I told him I hated him, you know, and I had mm. like nightmares that that was the reason that he drank. And um, wow. I used to pace around my room, you know, paranoid that my dad was out and he wasn't going to come home. You know, I was filled with anxiety and fear and to, to handle all this stuff. You know, I was turning more and more to drugs. Um, yeah. In June 2014 was the last time I, I mean, January 2014, my dad um, came back home and, he, you know, he had brief periods of success, which, um, you know, were some of the best memories of my, you know, recent life. Right. Mm. And, um, in April of 2014, my dad's dad, lung cancer came back into his life and he passed away and he was kind of like a, you know, the head of our family, uh, it was traumatic. We were all in the room when he passed, but my dad really struggled with it. And, uh, you know, that was April, 2014 and four months later, um, in August, 2014, uh, my my dad, you know, w- was drinking again, and um, he went out one night, and he never came home, you know. And yeah. um, but I, you know, I, I have to emphasize, right? My father never gave up, right? And so um, the last place that he was on this earth was actually at an AA meeting. You know, he's on his way home from a meeting um, when he passed away. But, wow, uh, car car accident. Yeah, you got in a car accident, and that really obviously drastically changed my life right and um you know i used to have this idea i would tell myself i'm like my father will finally get it when i tell him that i'm struggling with addiction and we'll do this together Mm. right and then i said i'll tell him tomorrow you know Uh, yeah and then i'll tell him tomorrow i'll tell him tomorrow august 17th comes i'll tell him tomorrow you know and then august 18th comes and there is no more tomorrow right and so you know, wrongfully so when I look back, but you know, I'm the guy who heaps all the burden on his own shoulders. Um, and I really blamed myself. Um, couldn't wrap my head around it. And, um, you know, it, it launched me into a dark place. And, uh, you know, to, to emphasize though, that like we become lost it. Yeah. It shut down. No idea why. So we can save. Facebook. Uh, yeah, there's something going on with Facebook on. tonight. Yeah. So we can just keep going for the audio, okay. and I'll try and get this back up. Um, so to really you know, emphasize, like today I understand that we become different people when we're under the influence of the disease of addiction. <clears throat> Absolutely. Right? So at the time, you know, I struggled with my father was choosing alcohol, blah, blah, blah. Choosing alcohol over, over you, us. You over know. your family. Today I realize that wasn't the case at all, you know, and to emphasize that, the first thing, you know, my mom and sister were in Cape Cod when I got the call that my father passed away. My little brother was up in bed asleep. And the first thing I did before waking him up, you know, before calling my mom and sister to see how they were doing, the first thing I did was turn to a substance to yeah. deal with it, you know, and that's yeah. not me at all, you know. So I had to go under the influence. I was already under the influence. But, you know, the first thoughts that I had were... uh to turn to a substance to deal with it before I could, um, you know, wake my brother up and give him a hug. That's or, what that's you know. what we do. That's yeah. what we do. That's the normal reaction yeah. of, a, of an alcoholic addict is to use. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's our coping mechanisms. Yep. And uh, and when you use over a long period of time, your 
other coping mechanisms, your natural ones, go away. Yep, they go out the window. Yeah. Um. We are what we repeatedly do. Mm-hmm. Yes. Aristotle. Yes. yes. <laughs> so, um, you know, my life spiraled out of control with that. Um, you know, a, a few months went by. It was actually my mom's birthday when uh, I, I remember. So, I, I you know, I was uh, in, on opioid painkillers. Um, you know, in my in my head, I said, even though I'm doing double digit amounts of um, oxycodone, I uh, I convinced myself in my denial that it was all good as long as I wasn't doing heroin. You know, um, oh, yeah. so I, I, I spent yeah, that, uh, absurd absurd sums of money um, <laughs> to deal to to fuel my addiction. But yeah, um, yeah. I remember, uh, you know, it was. I w- it was my mom's birthday, December 29th, and um, I was walking home from the train. Every day I walked home from the train thinking the walls were done. You know, I'm like, oh, today's the day I'm going to walk in and everyone's going to be sitting there waiting to call me out, right? And uh, I used to... Intervention dr- style. <laughs> yeah, I used to drive home from... So I, anyone familiar with Boston is... I used to work in downtown Crossing, right? And I, I used to get overdraft letters and credit card bills in the mail to my house, but I lived in the same compl- house as my mom. So I'm dry, you know, I had it mapped out when these bills would arrive and when overdraft notices would arrive. <laughs> oh my so it was, my life was insane. Talk yeah. about unmanageable. So I'm half hour lunch break. I'm getting up at lunch, hopping on the orange line from downtown crossing, taking it to Forest Hills to get in my car to drive to my house. And if the mail wasn't there, then I was driving around the block until I found the, the mailman. And I'm sho- wow. showing my ID going, hey, I got an important letter I'm waiting for. Can I grab it? <laughs> Every day. Yeah, the guy used Every to just day. get ready oh when I would pull word. up. He'd just be pulling out my mail. That, you know? That's like, you know, when, say... You're on unemployment and you're chasing the fucking yeah. Down every oh yeah, week, you know and, what I mean? uh, like, it was crazy, like, crazy. Yeah. And um, so, so wow. our broadcast was interrupted and we, I put it back on and I guess everything's fine now. Okay, so awesome. yeah, so it was yeah. Facebook. Yeah, of so course. It was um, Facebook connection. Somewhere. I was dry, you know. So my half hour lunch breaks were turning into two hour chasing lunch down breaks, the mail, you know, yeah, chasing exactly. down the mailman to get overdraft notices out of the mail. And I remember to summer I came home. And the, and I couldn't get out of work that day for some reason. I couldn't leave during the middle of the day, and I knew I had an overdraft notice coming. Oh, and I came home, of and, it, and it wasn't doom. in the mail, and I knew it. You know, and I went and I looked in the kitchen drawer, and it was in there. So I knew my mom had seen it, and, and it was um, open already. It was open already, Ooh. and so I went out for her birthday. You know, and then she came home that night, and she said, "Hey, uh, I got an overdraft notice in the mail, but it's not where I put it." You know, and she said, what's going on? Is everything okay? <laughs> the most mm. difficult words of my life. Yes. The most freeing words of my life. Right. Where I right. just said no. And she looked at me and I wow. said, everything you're about to say to me, I already say to myself every day. You know? Yes. <laughs> I get like emotional thinking about it. And uh, I told her that I was addicted to painkillers. Wow. And um, mm. they hadn't, you know instantly all the puzzle pieces came together right you know yeah in their mind well, everything's going click click yes click, click, click. because that, this is why that's why that's because we talk why. about denial as mm. individuals with uh substance use disorder but the f- but it's really a traumatic experience for the family Ex- as well yeah. right so you gotta oh, think yeah. when you're a family member like you know for instance myself too but so when you're a family member and you have to live through trauma every day right so yes. your brain develops a defense mechanism and mm-hmm creates its own denial so um 
to, you know, so you're not, you become okay with what isn't okay, right? Or you believe what's unbelievable because your brain almost doesn't want you to live through the traumatic situation that's happening right now. It's so crazy. Right? So, you know, it all clicked into place afterwards. My, My family was so naive, you know, that I... I can't show it. Never mind. Um, <laughs> but anyways, you know, for instance, I, I was living with a, a long-term girlfriend, and um, she had some money in a drawer, and uh, you know, I I borrowed the money. Um, yes. Borrowed with quotations, yeah, and, Perman- uh, permanently. <laughs> you know, I uh, she called me and she said, "Oh, you know, where's the money that was in the drawer?" And I was like, "Oh, you know, it's over." The walls are about to crash. And uh, she was like, I'll call you back. There's been construction workers in the house. Maybe it was them, you know? And you were like, I'm like, yeah, probably was, you know? And and then I got off the phone and, like, we never talked about it again. Uh, Or, like, you know, um, but my my life became, like, this walking tightrope where, like, I was... I describe it as I was doing everything in my power to keep the walls up. Yeah, right. right, right. While secretly begging for them to come crashing down. I, I remember. You know? I remember um, the feeling of impending doom. It's like a fear of the future. Every time I heard what the date was, yeah, it would be like, uh, you know, right. oh, oh, it's June twentieth. Oh no. Yeah. You know, because I know that something's due or something's going to happen. Because oh, yeah. in the future, is always bad. Oh, right? yes. You know what I mean? Oh, my God. What an awful way uh, to live. So when I, when, I, you know, when I look back, if you put me right now into a day in that life that I was living, my, I would have a mental breakdown. Oh. I have no idea. <laughs> like if, if you someone, hack it. I have no whip. idea. I've, I've, heard, I've heard it before. <laughs> if, if someone else did to me what I oh, did to man. me. Yeah, like, yeah. The the things that I, my standard of living, oh yeah, like the the bar just kept getting lower and lower and lower. Mm-hmm. And you know, from the sound of it, you you fucking held it together pretty yeah. well. I mean, don't get me wrong, I did everything that bad that comes with addiction, right? Um, but you managed to, to but stay I managed housed to, to keep it somewhat together, right? Yeah. So on, on, so it's funny. I worked in finance, right? So. I the knew, most broke motherfucker working in finance. I knew how I, you know, I, I, had, I had a decent salary. I knew how to play the credit game. Yeah. So you know, at the time, I thought I was, uh, you know, I was, I had it mapped out. Like you know, if you, you I can take negative eight hundred out of this bank account, and it's two weeks before they close it. So for one day, I put in one dollar, you know, to make it one dollar positive, and then just let that day go by, and then I got another two weeks where I can empty it out again. Right, so my life became like I was taking out credit cards, and then I was taking out loans out of my four hundred one k to pay off the credit card, which would boost my credit score. And that I remember one time, like I thought I was supposed to go skydiving, and my mom bought me these this Groupon, and so you know the people I was going with, like, hey, just put it on your card and book it. We have like one day left to book it. You know, here I am. I'm like. Book it with what? You know, I have right, negative eight hundred dollars right. in both and everything's maxed out. And uh I called my credit card to ask for uh uh five hundred dollar emergency increase that my car broke down and they processed my information and they um they were like, Okay, you've been approved for a five thousand dollar increase. Oh. That, <laughs> that that is accessible you can you know, in a forty eight hundred dollar cash advance line. And I literally had like a uh 
I can't even describe what I felt. Just like you know a little mean? kid jumping up but, and down. But at, at the time, right, I thought I was getting one over and robbing everybody else. Like, yeah. oh, I'm getting one over on these banks. I'm getting one over on these credit card companies. Come to find out today, I was just really robbing my future self, you know? Oh, yeah. Right. Exactly um, right. Because now you're I deal to with the consequences today. Yeah, it's... Uh, you know, I've had my bank account emptied out by the bank. Um, you know, they took money that I owed them. Yeah. Um, at the was, worst possible times, you know. Always. And, always. Uh, I was a brilliant hustler. Yeah. I would buy um, store brand stuff at one store, go to Brockton in Hanover, go to Brockton three towns over, and return that same store brand stuff in Hanover on my credit card and return that same yep. store for cash. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I was brilliant. Yeah, so I, brilliant I, hustler. I yeah, kept yeah. it all up <laughs> on the outside mm. by like extreme measures of like you know yes. borrowing money and I mean I, I worked for six years in a career, didn't have a dollar to show from my salary, mm. right? Had negative eight hundred um, and two bank accounts. Yep. Got a, a you know a, a repossession letter from my car. Um, didn't pay a single one of my student loans, and uh, you know walked into you know walked into the end of my journey with uh you know high double digit credit card debt you know today uh, that's a lot of that is solved thanks to recovery and and support right um but yeah i basically just robbed future mark to yeah to keep the secret secret going yeah you know and and i got some help um i dove into a fellowship right away um you know i i got a sponsor right away i started working steps right away um I got, you know, I remember at five months clean, you know, summer starts to come around. I start to have money in my pocket again. I don't need to go to as many meetings, right? Oh, I, yeah. I want to hang out with my friends. I don't. I had a long day at work. I don't want to go tonight. Mm. So I had to make up every excuse in the book. Um, and I remember I went to help a friend. He, asked, he called me and said, uh, you know, I need to talk to you about some stuff I'm going through. So I pick him up. He says, can we get lunch? You know, first words out of his mouth are, hey, I uh, I used, uh, well, I t- he's talking to me. He's like, tell me about your story a little bit, right? I heard you're in recovery now and stuff. I'm just giving him my whole deal, you know, throwing it mm. down, trying to help this kid. Yep. And he's like, oh, I, you know, I just did a couple 30s. I hope you don't mind. So I'm like, all right, whatever, you know. We go out to lunch. I should have ended the conversation, you know. Mm. Um, looking back, I was in no place to rescue anybody, you know, but early, right. early they, recovery, we're going to save all our oh, old yeah. friends. Yeah, um, early recovery, they can get us yeah. uh, using a lot quicker. Oh, yeah. Than get them so we, we, we go out to lunch, you know, he's having a couple drinks, you know, and then I remember I was driving him home and he was talking about how him and his girl used together. And uh, I instantly got jealous, you know, I was like, oh, man, dude. I was jealous of how ignorant he was. You know, ignorance is bliss. Like, I was right, jealous yeah, yeah. of how ignorant he was to how bad it was. Oh, yeah. Right. And uh, and it stuck with me. And I went to a meeting that night. I kind of told on myself. And I remember saying the exact words, five months and three weeks. And I said, I don't know how anyone – yes, despite how that sounded appealing to me, I don't know how anyone who's been clean can make the decision to pick up again. Right. And uh, the morning of my six months, I got high by myself. Uh, I don't even know. I it was I watched it was I watched a movie of myself call the drug dealer. I watched a movie of myself drive to his house. Oh, uh, you yeah, know, yeah, and yeah. Uh, yeah. So you, it was like a third person. Oh yeah. yeah, I don't even know what happened. Yeah, I do know what happened. You know, I stopped doing what I needed to do and stopped. Uh, 
you know, relying on the now, new coping Now, while you were doing this, you were still doing the finance. Yeah, job. so I was still in finance. Yeah. You know, so um, I picked up, and uh, this was actually one of the most important parts of my recovery because I woke I didn't use with that. No one knew. And I woke up that morning. You didn't and get I, caught again. I didn't get caught. And I looked in the mirror, though, and I was like, uh, I was upset, and I was crying, and I was praying. My family bought me a six-month congratulations cake that we were going to have that night, right? And uh, I'm like, I can't do this to my family. Uh, You know, we finally have, like, some peace in our life again after Dad passed away. But then, I, you know, in that moment, I said, I'm not doing this to make my mom happy. I'm not doing this to get everyone else off my back. Right. Right. I'm doing this because I don't want to die. Yeah, And I, I went upstairs, and I woke my girlfriend at the time up and I told her what happened and I called my mom and I told her and I went to a meeting and I got a white key tag um, and I told them and uh, good decisions but those are the good decisions right so 30 days goes by don't change anything Um, you were saying it a little earlier but there's you know in the basic text it says a relapse without catastrophic consequences is one of the worst things that can happen to an addict right because 30 days later I was like whoa the walls didn't cry, cave in, right? My life didn't fall apart. I used once, and I stopped. It's so, so insidious. So it? insidious. We can lie to ourselves so easy, you know, and, and mm-hmm. it's just like, maybe it wasn't that bad. Yeah. You know what oh, I mean? Oh, yeah. The bullshit that we'll tell ourselves. Oh, yeah. Or, or that our... Our our habit self, yeah, habit self. You know, <laughs> we used to have we used to have those meetings. So uh, my you know my, my <laughs> girlfriend at the time went on vacation. And I was like, hey, I got sick last time. You know, I didn't really enjoy it. I um and I was like, I can do this one more time and just not tell anybody. Used one more time. Hated the fact that I did it. Was instantly upset mm-hmm. and uh, couldn't stop. I just uh. kept doing it. Uh. So you know, one day turned into. Well, we can do a week. We earned this, right? You've stopped before. You can stop again, which is the trap that a lot of people fall into with yeah, relapse. Fuck yeah. You know, the danger of like, you Door know, you know false confidence. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and then months went by and everything I had worked for was gone. All the money I fixed was gone. Um, yeah. You know, all, the, I, but, I, but I always say it's always worth it, right? So, you know, I hate the phrase that I threw away six months or I threw away three yeah, years. No, no, I no. hate it. You you have to change your date. You, you, it's you, all it is is a new date, yeah. right? So you, those six months. You don't months, forget that no, stuff that, that you was learned, the most important the things part. that you went through. So for, for first off, outside perspective, I would take, despite my dad's failures, any small periods of my dad back in my life, clean and sober, were the best memories that I have, yeah. right? And yeah. it's always worth it. Right. So that six months, first off, was better than six months of straight using. I was a lot happier. Yeah. Right. Um, but it gave me what it gave me is I woke up one day. I hated my life. I hated myself. I hated the fact that my dad was gone. You know, mm-hmm. backed up. Poor Mark. Poor me. If anyone else went through what I went through, mm. like I got it this bad. And then I literally woke up and I was like, dude, four months ago, life was good. You know, four months ago, I had acceptance with my father passing. Yep. Four months ago, I woke up and just said, thank you for waking up. You know, four yeah. months ago, I was happy with simple things in my life. There you go. And here I am 
back the complete opposite and there's one thing that changed right it was the fact that i was using drugs again yeah and um that that black and white comparison gave me the ability uh to speak up and get some help again yeah that's that's a good that's a good point the uh the comparison the the stark difference Mm -hmm. between and you 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 were using and then you were then you were sober and then you're using the game. Yep. So it's a stark difference comparison. That, oh, that, yeah. And, and I think that also the thing is you, you have to grow a respect for the strength of the power of the addiction oh, yeah. to control you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? First of all, you have to realize it sucks, you know, and then you got to accept that it sucks. Yep. And then you got to realize how strong it is yes. that it'll take you away again. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. You know, that's, that yes. sucked you right back in. So that gave me a big, like, uh, uh, today a healthy fear, right? I realized how a crack can turn into a crater real quick, mm. you know, with that's recovery. Right. That's the uh, one healthy fear. That, yeah. And, and I've oh, been yeah. told before that there was no such thing as healthy fear. The opposite of fear is faith. Blah, blah, blah. Well, wh- call it what you will, but you got to realize that that addiction is a strong and powerful oh, force yeah. that will take you away from who you are now mm-hmm. and what your life is now. Absolutely. Yep. Um, Quickly, too. Oh, like, yeah. And, and you're, you're like, what the hell? How the hell did I get here? <laughs> yeah, I don't even know what, you know, four months was gone and I didn't even know what happened, mm-hmm. you know? And um, my family didn't either. And, uh, you know, shout out to my grandmother, right? She came over for dinner one day. You know, your family's used to you seeing, every, seeing you every day. They see, like, small – they don't notice changes over a period of time, right? right. And yeah. uh, I walk in the room. My grandmother goes, what the hell is wrong with you? Why are you so pale and sick? And I was like, oh, I, you know, I work a lot. I'm not out in the sun. And I just saw everyone's eyes in the room look at me. And I was like, oh. There goes that. You know I mean? um, Nana dropping yeah. some truth on you. Uh, you you know, look like but, shit, boy. But I, uh, you know, I got up and I explained again what was going on. And uh, this time, I went to Cape Cod. I went to Gosnold, yeah, uh, the same place that you know my father had spent some time. You know, the woman I called for help was uh, my father's counselor, and um, she was my counselor in the detox. You know, if you asked me when I went down there, I was doing a detox and I was coming back home. But right? imagine. <clears throat> Imagine how this woman feels. Yep. She helps your dad. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then now, here's here's his son. Yep. Yeah. Colin. Like, yep. that, that's got to fuck with some people. You yeah. know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like, yep. that, that would, like, it, it gives me a resentment <laughs> towards yeah. this disease. You oh, know yeah. what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Like, how it can just generationally fucking oh, wipe yeah. out a whole you know well that's a, a big thing i always talk about right it's so much so that um this is about you know when you're in 12-step fellowships and stuff it's about you being clean and sober right but mm. like uh today i'm doing my part to like end the you know the cycle oh, yeah. of addiction like the family cycle that goes on um here you go you know because i don't i don't i want to be a dad you know yeah, and such i want to be a thing it's something to yes be proud and, of. And, yeah. and it all started with where you Went yep. to treatment. So I go to treatment, right? This woman's my counselor. Um, I'm like, oh, I'm going home, you know. They convinced me to go on to a 28-day program, Gosnold's Katomit. I'm like, don't even talk to me about aftercare. I'm going home. You I've, know? Been, I've been down to Katomit. S- somewhere along the line, they convinced me to go on to the Miller House. I'm like, all right, here we go. Uh, I go on to the Miller House. So you had some type of willingness. Yeah, right? So, <laughs> even if it's a mustard even, seed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Well, I had a bunch of weird, honestly, experiences at Katamit. I was now in the room doing like family meetings at the same rooms that I did family meetings with my father. And I had a lot of patients that I met oh, yeah. while visiting my father were in there. And uh, really? a lot of the staff working or working and as patients. Really? Again. You know, like I remember a story. I was I was in a room and I'm like, oh, I'm mock. I'm an addict. And someone interrupts. They go, hey, remember that guy that we were here with where he used to say, I'm mock. And we would all go mock because he had this wicked Boston accent. It was your and, dad. Uh, and this the other kid replies. He goes, that was his dad. You know? And so I had all wow. these weird experiences. Yeah. Um that and, you know, right it started to really like God uh, shots sink in a little them. bit. Yeah. And, um, you know, I remember, right. What really got me at Katamit was, uh, my dad has this, we, his, his saying is never, never, never give up. Right. So we had this plaque in our house growing up that says never, never, never give up. One day I was having a hard time and I wanted to leave. My counselor called me in the room and she said, what would your dad say to you right now? And I said, he'd tell me to never, never, never give up. Right. So I leave that meeting. I feel a little better. She asked her follow-up the next day. I walk in. She's like, how are you feeling? I look to the left, and there's a plaque on the wall that says, never, never, never give up. Uh. And I said, <laughs> I said, was that there? And wow. she's like, I thought you knew that was there. And I, and I was like, uh, you know, what What the hell is going on? Right. right? Yeah. And uh, <laughs> But, like, in that moment, I felt like, you know, I was – I, I was supposed to see it yeah and uh like, you know that i don't was, that was your coincidences, dad right you know? and uh yeah so anyways they convinced you to go on to miller house you asked me i was leaving after four weeks and going home i literally yeah. said the words don't talk to me about a sober house i uh four weeks go by here i am asking for two more weeks right so i did six <laughs> weeks at the miller house and then I'm, I'm telling everyone i'm going home you know my sponsors yelling at me all my counselors are like dude stop you know yeah. I'm like i gotta go back to my family they need me you know they're like stop you've already done this you went home before mm. like you went back to work mm. um and i said all right i'll go to a sober house for the day i was leaving i called a sober house and asked if i could move in i was like i'll live there for two weeks just to adjust right i went to all my meetings i said goodbye to everybody <laughs> and the next day i woke up and i was like what, what the hell am i doing i'm not going anywhere yeah. right and i've been on cape cod ever since you know so wow after that uh you know i started to work a program i was out on leave from work i went to, oh, my leave was up and I, my fan i was like i'm not going back my family's like no you're going back right so you have financial ruin first off yeah, yeah yeah second off you went to college for an economics degree uh you've worked six years in this career like you got to go back you're not throwing it away and uh my aunt called me and she's a, a successful woman and she says mark if you want to succeed in life you have to walk through anxiety and fear right and uh so i said i'll do it one day and that advice was the advice that i needed but it didn't go the way they thought it was gonna go I got up despite anxiety of fear. You know, I was at work. I worked for a half day and I was around the bathrooms I used to use in. I was around the people I used to use with. I bought drugs at work. Um, I used all over downtown crossing and I felt like using and I got up and I walked out and I called HR and I resigned and I went back there down to go. Cape Cod, you know, and uh, emptied out my 401k to try and survive off some money for a little while. Um, I think sometimes that those those all those things, all that money and future and and you know what about retirement and mm -hmm. all these, it's too big. Too big. It's too big for early recovery. Oh yeah, yeah absolutely. It's like just 
let that be for oh, yeah. a while. You mm-hmm. know, I, that's what I had to do. Well, so I, you know, I, I, I did it before. I went back to work. Right. Right. And it got, and <laughs> I got, it worked for six months and I had nothing to show for it. Right. Nothing so changes. Nothing, nothing changes. changes. And, um, you know, I took a job. I applied as a recovery aide at the Miller House, um, making a fraction of what I used to make, yeah. you know, and, uh, but I, I felt a part of, right? I wanted. And you felt safe. I felt mm-hmm. safe. And I was working in recovery and I was able to do for others what people did for me. Yeah. Right? And the kick is, though, that right when I applied, the, my father's counselor became the program director. Right? This woman, Martha Jacksteimer. So the same woman that I called from help for help was now the program director of the Miller House. And I was never, walking never with give her. Up. Right? And, um, yeah. And, um, <laughs> So I walk in, we're working together, right? And she pulls me into her office and she's got a picture of my dad and my family on her wall. And she says, wow. you know, your dad was my favorite patient. You wow. know, she came to my, <laughs> my father's funeral and stuff. Um, wow. And now here I am working with her, right? And uh, time goes by um, and I ended up becoming the assistant program director running the Miller House with her, wow. with Martha. You know, um, I went on at, at some point along oh, the way. Two weeks. I'll yeah. do two weeks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Somewhere along the way, I, I went on to run a sober house. Um, it was the same sober house I used to visit my dad at, mm. you know. Mm. Um, so I've had a lot of, like, spiritual Little, little did you know. Keep. Little did I know. That all of these places that, you you, you know, your dad yeah. had had journey through oh yeah would that this would become your journey i know i used like, to you that's, know that's fucking it's why <laughs> my very cool. you know i'm, I'm yeah. a sap too dude if you ask anyone on cape cod they they take bets on how long it is before i start crying when i'm sharing at a meeting right <laughs> um, dude, I, you know two most years mo- most like bets are years. under like a minute yeah right, right? um mm. But like I have, I have such a connection with that stuff. You know, I used to yeah. like sit out on the porch and be like, you know, my dad sat here, and like I live on the same street that of the right now of the sober house that my father used to live on. You know, I'm I'm a weirdo. I'm out like touching the pavement at night. Like, oh, my dad used to drive down this road. You know, yeah. but it's such a connection for yeah. me. You know, and uh, you need to feel. My all father those was everywhere in my recovery. Um, you know, he's with me every day. That's well, awesome, you know. Man. That's um, awesome. Good stuff. And uh, you know, it, it used to be right, but but the kick is that, like, uh, you know, I went on to do all these things, um, it, but you know, early in recovery, it was poor me and poor Mark that my dad passed away, right? And uh, you know, today, honestly, I have so much, ex- you know, early recovery, right? You start to think you know what acceptance and faith and spirituality is. Yeah, right. right. Then, you know, six months, you think you have an idea. Then you get to a year and you're like, I knew nothing back then, right? Then you're out like two years. Ever evolving. And you're like, changing. what the hell? This is real acceptance and spirituality, you know, and it just keeps going, right? Keeps evolving. But I, I used to, you know, think of all the what ifs and all that. Like today, where I am today, the happiest and most satisfied and fulfilled I've ever been in my entire life is a direct result of everything good or bad I've ever been through or done in my life. Right? Exactly. Up into right. and including the loss of my father. If I had the ability to go back and change it, I wouldn't. Right. right? Because it defines who I am today, and it has it brought me to be the most happy and fulfilled. You um, had to go through it. I had to go through it to, to go be through. where I am. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. so, so now we, you go on from the Miller House. Yep. And so I, yeah. So I work in the Miller House you know, for a few years. Um, June last year, uh, I got offered a position at South Shore Peer Recovery. Um, and South Shore Pay Recovery is really a community recovery center. Um, yeah. So I had worked, walked in, worked in treatment long enough that, you know, 
treatment works, right? But so people do great in a structured treatment environment. Yeah. They walk out the door and it's it's 50, you know, up in the air. Life exactly. hits you, right? Life shows up. So, you know, people who get integrated into communities, sober living, networks, fellowships, they do great. Yeah. Uh, and that's that was part of the the treatment center we went through. Yeah. Like you, you could stay plugged into the house. You had to come back. Oh, yeah. Once, oh, once a week. Yeah. It was called, it was, what was it called? Transitions. Yeah, transitions. Yeah. You know, like you could group. stay in the house mm-hmm. and, and become, awesome. and become a, a, a it, it became a sober house yep. for you, but you could come and go as yeah. you pleased. You know, it was very important, yeah. I think. So I know? had, you know, I stayed in Falmouth, so I got to stay with the <clears throat> network that I made while I was in the mm-hmm. Miller house, the people I met. I lived in sober living for, you know, a year and a half. Um, but so I go on. So social peer recovery is really about continuing that the continuum of care, extending it, right? Yes. So it, it, we have a pre-built community for you when you come back to your community, right? So when you come back to the South Shore, you can walk into a, it's a storefront property, you know, yep. we a big sign that says South Shore Pay Recovery. Um, it's essentially a beacon that says like, hey, if you want to walk into a group of people where you can feel comfortable and accepted and have a pre-built network for you and a yep. pre pre-built support structure we're here and and you guys do everything over there yeah so we got groups that go on every day of the week everything Mm -hmm. we do is free um we try to be more than run-of-the-mill recovery center we try and focus a lot on family as well yeah Um, we have sober parenting journey groups on these 14-week programs for parents in recovery um we have a support group family support group on the weekends that we partnership with gosnold um and now we have a new group called Craft Community Reinforcement and Family Training. It's really to support family members of loved ones struggling yeah. with active addiction. And, is, and don't you guys have a program that, like, if you guys, if someone wants you guys to call them? Yep. So no, so one of our newer programs yeah, is Telephone Recovery s- Supports. So the idea is essentially um, that you can sign up um, and we'll call you on a weekly basis and check in. All right. So you have someone um, in recovery appear with lived experience. Uh, give you a call to check in. Are there any resources you need? Uh, is there any uh, you know anyone I can connect you with? Do you have any questions? Ninety percent of the time, though, we're talking about a, a twenty-minute meeting on the phone. Yeah, you know. Yeah, exactly. And it's cool because it gives people the opportunity. Right, you're in treatment. I've seen it a million times. You know, m- me too. I've done it. But um, I'm all good. I don't need anything. I don't need a counselor. I don't need this X, Y, Z, right? Yeah, you yeah. walk out the door four days later, you're like, well, maybe I should have listened to some of the suggestions <laughs> yeah, they had right, and yeah. got a counselor and moved to a sober house yep. and, done all, and got my license and done all this stuff, right? But now you have the ability to sign up while you're in treatment. You fill out this little form. They fax it to us to sell show pay recovery. So that's all you do, right? So no, no doing of yourself. No, it doesn't take any effort. You don't got to pick up the, you know, you don't got to make a call. You don't got to go to a counseling center. You don't got to go on a website. You walk out of that treatment facility and within a week, you're going to get a call from someone in recovery checking yeah. in on how things are going, you know, and if you're struggling, we'll help people get back into treatment. Um, That's we'll awesome. answer any questions. We'll connect good. people. So we're trying to take away the geographic border, you know, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, of being in situate, um, you know, and we got, we got a lot of great feedback about it and you know, our, our our people love doing it. Yeah. It becomes a way for people to give back and to help other people and stay connected and, in recovery. And, you know, basically the 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 centers run on volunteers. Oh yeah, we have two full time staff and a part time staff member. And besides that, it's all volunteers. How, how many was it? Uh, it's around eighty five volunteers, eighty five active volunteers that we have. That's awesome. You know, yeah, we just had a volunteer fantastic. appreciation dinner. 
um, last week, and it was amazing. Yeah, it was. And um, yeah, Chris was there. And, and I was a plus one. What we really have is um, even in our volunteers alone, we have an amazing community. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it is. So I, you know, I was just talking about today. I was at a meeting with board members. But if all we did was what we do right, which isn't the plan. But if all we did was what we have right now, then this is a huge success. Absolutely. You know, because it's really become like a family for people um, and such a community. Yeah. Uh, Situate is awesome to us. You know, we have our Recovery Rocks fundraiser that comes yes, up August 22nd. That's what we're going to talk about. Um, nice. Which is an amazing night. Um, you know, we have live music. It turns into a taste of the town. You know, we're half funded by a federal grant. The other half is all private donations. You Absolutely. Know, the South Shore has been amazing to us. They give a, you know, we, we offer everything free. You know, it's free for everyone who uses it. It's not yeah. free to offer. Right. But we have such support and such community support that we're able to make that happen. Yeah. You know? I mean, you guys have, you have acupuncture. Yep. There's, there's yoga. Yeah. So we got all pathways, right? So um, we got we got meditation. We support, you know, I, I always say if someone asked, it came and told me that, Flying a kite helps them stay in recovery. <laughs> I'd, help, I'd help them find the best kite maker and the best nice. spots to fly that kite. Yeah, right. You know? uh, mm. So we got meditation. Um, we have a women's discussion group. We got uh, detox acupuncture, which is also a meditation. People love it. Yeah, uh, I haven't been able to get had, over there. I have to. We had one session, and now we have to have two because it got so popular. Yeah. Um, Thursday nights, we have a spirituality discussion group, Faith Finders. Faith Finders, yep. Um, mm. Saturdays, we got War. Yep. Uh, we are recovered. It's ba- you know, a group based on the 12 Steps. Um, we've done a walls. We have so you know. We also try and balance funds. So we got sober softball that yeah. goes on oh, Sundays. every Sunday. Um, you know, everything's drop in right. Besides, you know, some of our uh, sober parenting and craft require pre registration, uh, but they're all free. Um, you know, we we do fun one off events. You know, we helped you know a, a group called Comics for a Cause put on a comedy show to support yep. us, right? But how cool is that? That a Saturday night in Situate. We had a place sold out at 150 tickets and no alcohol was involved. Right. Right. Yeah, Recovery Rocks last year, we sold out at 350 tickets as a concert and not an ounce of alcohol was involved. Right. And people cool. had the night of their life. Yeah. Right? It yeah. was a blast. Yeah. So it was over at Bowman Marine. Yeah. Bowman Marine. Um, so last year we sold out like a month and a half early. Right. Yeah. So this year we increased the tickets to 500. Um, but I highly suggest if you're interested in coming that you actually get on and buy a ticket as soon as possible. You can do it on our website, SouthShorePayRecovery.com. Yep. Um, it's a blast. Like I said, there's food trucks that line the lot. Um, you know, we got a big show that goes on all night. We got a small program we put on. But it's an amazing thing when, uh, you know, you have 300-plus people showed up last year. Yeah. You know, and it's cool because nice. half of which probably aren't, weren't in recovery. Right. right? So just, it's an amazing thing that you get people together. Um, and that's what's also great about a lot of our groups, right? Acupuncture. What we do doesn't require you to, to be in recovery. Yeah. Right? Most of the stuff there isn't. Yeah. So we have like family members. All of, welcoming community. Or, mm. you know, just we call them allies in recovery. Yeah. So we do our part in ending the stigma and educating a little bit by just, um, you know, you come to an acupuncture group and, you know, you're an individual that's not affected by the disease. But mm. you're sitting in a room, and who's who, right? Right. So am I laughing with somebody who is in recovery? Uh, you know, or am I laughing with somebody who isn't? 
Right. Um, and it really <laughs> helps, but it helps to break those walls. Yeah. And yeah. even even war on, on yeah. Saturdays, anyone's welcome. Oh, yeah. You know? So, it's right. you know, it brings people together and, you know, yes, a, biggest helps. Pro- a huge part today with the stigma and stuff is that, you know, people don't talk to each other. Right. Um, or or this this pre pre judgment. Yes. You know, like they, they people think, oh, they they did heroin or yep. they did painkillers like they're losers and then yep. they meet someone and like i've had yeah. people say you know i share you know what i did to to get what i needed to get yep. and they're looking at me and they're like i can't even picture you I doing know. that yeah. shit you right. know what i mean yeah. crazy like even like, to the point where a ceo that was <laughs> watching me in jail yeah like pulled me aside and was like dude i read your jacket he's yeah. like the way I watch you operate down here, I can't see you doing. Yeah, right. Shit. It's like, like you know, what f- happened five years ago? You yeah. wouldn't want to be sitting next to me in a room. Know. You know what I so mean? Crazy. It's, yeah. it's crazy. So, uh, yeah. It's so, so South Shore Peer Recovery. Yeah. In uh, Situate, South Shore Peer Recovery dot com. Um, Recovery Rocks, August twenty second. Yep. Uh, yep. At Bulma Marina in Situate. Uh, what else? Um, yeah, so I mean, we're about to launch uh, a new. You know, if you, if anyone is aware of any f- parents of individuals struggling with addiction, um, we have a new craft group coming up. It launches yep. July eighth. Um, so you know, call the center um, or go to our website if you're interested in joining. Yep. There's limited spaces, but it's an amazing evidence based program to support family members. Um, you know, to better take care of themselves, reduce their loved ones using, and to help them get into treatment. Um, recovery rocks nice. i mean that's our big push right now yeah, yeah um, if you're involved in our community at all or interested in getting involved uh, and you check out our facebook we have a what we really try and do is take peer input and community input into all the decisions we make so we have a program survey that's yep. out right now yes um so if you're involved in social peer recovery or in the surrounding communities and would like to see social peer recovery have a, a specific group that would draw you to us i highly encourage you to go on our facebook um, check out that program survey and fill it out because that literally drives the groups that we host yes. at our center. We're not just coming up with, oh, what we think the community needs. No, it's, or it's what, we what think the community is asking it's for. It's really what the community is asking for. Nice. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. So thank stuff. you. I'm glad we finally Thanks, worked Mark. out yeah. this yeah. whole sound thing. I don't think it was us. I, yeah, think, I don't it was, think it was us either. I think it was Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, all right. That's, all right. Thanks uh, for having me. That's a wrap. Thanks, thank Mark. You. Uh, please subscribe lolterms.com like subscribe share do all the good stuff yeah man alright peace peace I live in this world for the